Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for the Steam Room, presented by Tissot, the official watch of the NBA. Hey, everybody, along with Charles Barkley, this is Ernie Johnson. Thanks for, uh, thanks for stopping by. And um, thanks for being loyal steamers. We appreciate that. And um, we look forward to having a bunch of fun here over the next uh, half hour, 45 minutes, hour. You never know. It depends on how much fun we're having. We're going to have fun for sure. Okay. Well, you said that like you like you knew we're going to have fun. And Oh, we're going to have fun. Okay. I'm in a good place right now, Ernie. What, physically you're in a good place or mentally you're in a good place? Both, both. I'm like radio, both. Why? Well, number one, I've lost 23 pounds. Uh-huh. So you're down two? Oh, I'm not going to say that. I still got a long way to go. Okay. I, mean, I just threw a deck chef off the, uh, the Titanic. I mean, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a long way to go. All right. And I am feeling really good on the golf course right now. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to be really sweet? Those ribs at your house after I win the Black Masters, they're going to be so sweet. I'm going to get to see Michael, and he, me and Michael are going to sit by the pool, and we're going to just smell the fresh air. And then I'm going to just – and everybody's going to be patting me on the back, and I'm going to like it. We don't have a pool, man. You think I built a pool for the Black Masters? Wait, you didn't have a pool at your house? No, we got you just got the fountain in the backyard out okay. there. We got the okay. we got everything. Well, the the most important things is the ribs. Yeah, without question, <laughs> without question. Hey, uh, it's uh, it's been uh, been a fun week for me too. I think uh, um, it was weird having a having a week off. Weird? You mean great? But it was great to be out for dinner in our an actual restaurant for the first time. Told you last week I was going to Frankie's. Oh yeah, tell me about. Uh, uh, yeah, it was tremendous. Uh, so the six of us went. Um, we actually we were late for a reservation because the president was holding a rally at the Gwinnett Arena, like a right next door to the uh, to the restaurant. So we had to. We had to uh, park and walk for a while uh, because of all the uh, security and that kind of thing. But we got in there and it was tremendous. And uh, man, it felt good. It, it just felt normal. And, and, that was a, and that was a pretty cool thing. That's for sure. Well, that's a great place. I went there for Ric Flair's 70th birthday party. We had yeah. a fabulous time. Great spot. All right. First of all, what you got? Okay. Uh, I'm going to start on a serious note. And it's something that really hurt my heart and made me feel good. So I met this young lady yesterday. Her name is Monica Yates Mitchell. And she walked up to me and she said she had leukemia. And she said that she wanted me to mention that we need to get more black bone marrow donors 
I think it was like 4% of, of black people get checked for it. And she said something that really, she said, I'm probably not going to make it. And I almost broke my heart, but I really want to help people going forward. And she was at such peace when she said that. I was like, wow, I got to make sure I mention you. I said that to myself. I didn't, uh, She don't has no idea. But I told her I, I kept a card. I'm going to reach out to her because I love to have her on the podcast so she can explain more about Black bone marrow donors. Because like I say, uh, we only donate about 4% of bone marrow, apparently. We got to get those numbers up. So I want to give a shout out to Monica Yates Mitchell. And I want to reiterate what, I, what I've been saying when we talk with old President Obama, me and Shaq, man, Black people, please get the vaccine. Listen, I know there's been some historical things to go on. But I'm encouraging all Black people out there, please go and get the COVID vaccine. So that's my first of all. And uh, listen, I just want to give a shout out to David Toms. I played golf with David Toms yesterday in the program, and he was awesome. Uh, he was, First of all, he's a great player, but man, he was so hospitable to the people in Alabama. I want to thank all the people in Alabama who came out yesterday, because let me tell you something. It was raining cats and dogs Monday and Tuesday, and everybody who wore shoes out there clearly got ruined, but they came out to support the, the event at Greystone. I got a chance to play with Coach Harson. He was awesome. The great Bo Jackson, my man Bubba, Rick and Bubba from Alabama. You know, y'all know their morning show for 27 years. I played with Bubba. But I just want to thank the fans for coming out there for six hours. It took like six hours because, man, it was a – it was it was like walking in mud out there on the whole course the whole day. Where'd you shoot? Uh, we it was a scramble, Ernie. Scramble? How'd your team do? I don't, I'm not even sure. Well, that tells me you didn't win. Well, we didn't win. Were you in the running for a bag of teas at the end of the day? I'm not even sure. Sure, we we didn't we won. We just really enjoyed the day with the fans because they came out there and walked in that slop all day because it was brutal. That's it, Ernie. A shout out to Monica Yates Mitchell and to you black people out there. Please donate bone marrow and get that vaccine. And thanks for a wonderful day over at Greystone, guys. Thank you. When uh, when we come back here on the Steam Room, we will be joined by a guest who's uh, look is one of the great young broadcasters. I say young. He's been around a, a little while and he's paid all of his dues and you see him on Tuesdays on TNT. But Very talented. This guy, Very talented. he's going to be around forever and ever. Adam Lefko is going to join us next. We'll talk NBA. We'll talk about his impending marriage. <gasps> maybe you've got some advice for him, Chuckster. Or maybe not when we come back on the steamer. <laughs> Here we go. Should I do a countdown, Chuck? Yes, sir. 83, 82, 81, 80, 79, 78. And we welcome you back to the steam room. Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley is presented by TSO, official watch of the NBA. The second T is silent. Yep. Always remember that. You don't want to sound like a knucklehead. Yes, We've got a guest coming in here and, uh, and, as we welcome Adam Lefko to the proceedings, we uh, alert you to the fact there's only one rule, Adam, in the steam room. Keep the towel on? Yes. Hey, oh, he's been watching the steam room. Are you a loyal steamer? I, I am. Oh. I have also, I've been on the voicemail before, so this is technically my second time. So this is quite an honor to be here in person. Oh, I remember. I remember the other one, sort of. How you been, man? You got, you got one more Tuesday of... Uh, 
studio work with uh, with D Wade and Candace Parker and Shaq. Is that all you got next Tuesday? Is that it? That's it. May 11th. Man. And then we're done. I know. Feels like part of my life is going away. Yeah, it's called marriage. You get married too. That part of your life is going away. That's happening too. Uh, we'll we'll get into that in a minute. Let's let's talk the show, man. Tell me how the the progression has been on that show for you from uh, sitting in that chair for the first time and getting to know those guys uh, on a regular basis and, uh, and and what it's been like for you. Yeah, I mean that first time we had never been in the same room together before, like forty seconds before air. So like Shaq walked out that first time and I was like, Hey Shaq, Lefko. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is how we're doing it. Okay. Uh, and then this year, to be honest, if, if I'm going to be really honest, I think in a weird way, uh, the COVID protocols helped us develop because the backstage inside an NBA on TNT is a picnic. You know, you got the makeup room, you got people in the, in the clubhouse and there's so many personalities and I kind of think for us, if I'm going to be honest, it was just us four. And we would just sit there all night and we, we just really started talking to each other and telling stories. And, and you guys know when you're walking out from the back and, and D-Wade and Shaq are cracking up and me and Candace and the back is the show. And so I think for us really getting a chance to bond a lot has been a lot of fun. And then sitting in that chair I have a better understanding now of how quick pregame goes and halftime goes and what you actually need to know for those moments. So instead of like studying every single thing and, and know, okay, what do I need right here? But it's, it's been fun and, and Ernie to, to really just become friends with like D Wade and hang out with him and, and text him with Candace all the time and feeling like getting closer with Shaq. It's, it's just fun because it, that's your teammates. It's your brothers and your sisters. And that's, that's, what's been so cool. It shows, man. It's, uh, it's, you've, you've done an outstanding job on that thing, man. It's a great watch, man. I appreciate you. Well, but let me just say this, you know, Adam, uh, listen, I love Shaq, Candace, Andy, where they do a good job, but Adam, you are very talented. And, and the reason I know that you, know, you talk about, I just met those guys and we showed up and it worked. And that's got a lot to do with you. Cause remember, I, I remember when I first told somebody about you, I says, because we, we kind of did the same thing at the match, the first match in Vegas. Yeah. And, I, and you got me and Sam Jackson and, and you're like, okay, I'm with Charles Barker, Sam Jackson. It was such a natural, smooth thing. And listen, I get intimidated around Sam. I'm not going to lie. Cause like, I said, oh, that's Sam Jackson right there. And I've been working with him for five or six years. <laughs> and it was so seamless. And I said, man, this dude is good. He wasn't like, he did his thing. He was funny. He was spontaneous. And I said, when you walk out with big personalities like myself and Sam, and you got Pat Perez there also, and then you like, no, I can handle this. I said, you make sure you pat yourself on the back for being how talented you are. I appreciate you. And I, the four people that are on this call right now, like I've done so many shows with cap. So I got my reps in with cap. TK was one of the first people after that first show that kind of called me and was like, you, you got it. You're good. He's like, just do you. And I think sometimes you need to hear that Chuck is you've always been so complimentary and Ernie for me, like, I, I got a I got a time hop on Instagram and it showed the picture from six years ago when we got to hang out at the Emmys that day. The, the credit to Ernie is, is I never want to copy somebody's style because you have to be you. But 
Uh, when I tell people that Ernie is the GOAT, it's because he treats people and the job with the utmost respect. And what I learned that day, it wasn't even just seeing him go on stage and do the whole thing with Stuart Scott. Ernie, I don't even know if you remember, we had like some kid walking us around and you asked him his name and you asked him about himself. And I watched the impact that you had on that kid. And I was like, okay, that's one way that you can carry yourself. And when I watched the Thursday show, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I watched the March Madness and Ernie had one after the, 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 a big upset. He brought in, he didn't introduce Chuck, Kenny, Andy. He just kind of navigated in. And I'm always learning from Ernie because there's so many different ways to do it. And you just, you, you create this gravitas and this energy. And I know that for me, it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm learning, man, because you really are the best to ever do it, Ernie, but you're also like one of the best people to ever do it. And so I just, for me, man, I feel like I'm your guys' teammate. Like, I feel like I'm a rookie on the bench and you got, you know what I mean? Like I'm young Chuck and you guys are Moses and doc. And I'm just kind of looking and being like, okay, this is cool. I, I see what you guys are doing here. I like it. Oh, it's it's great having you on the team too, man. And uh, folks out there have been following you for a long time, long before you started doing Tuesdays on TNT. And oh, that's but it's all been it's all been an amazing ride, hasn't it? I mean, because you know, a lot of us get you know our, our same kind of starts in local TV, and are kind of hoping that man, maybe someday I can take this up the next rung and the next rung and the next rung. But talk to talk to folks about your about your local TV days and, and include in there, please, how you came up with the Seinfeld show. Mm. Uh, you know, you did an entire sports cast all based on Seinfeld references and the thing just blew up. So we had a tornado here in Atlanta on Monday and it brought me back to my first job in Hastings, Nebraska, where I was a news reporter. I was a one man band. What are you I, laughing about, Chuck? Hastings, Nebraska. Yeah. Come on. No, you know, it, it was so cool. Uh, we had Jimmy Kimmel on. And, you know, he's Jimmy Kimmel now, like he's Adam Lefko. And we always talk about people have no idea how hard these guys work. They're like, oh, Adam just went to New York and went to Turner. Like, no, when he said Hastings, uh, Nebraska, I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so what happened in Hastings? Well, I was a one-man band news reporter, and I used to cover tornadoes. Like, we did a, I did a three-part series on tornado chasing, and I watched a dude – punch a tornado, which is when you drive through a tornado and his back window got smashed and I'm shooting it from like the other car. And I, I think back and I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> you know, po population 25,000. I was getting paid $18,500 a year. You're writing your own stuff. Like to, to, and I wasn't even allowed to do sports. You know, on Saturdays I would have an off day and I would go with the sports guy to cover the Huskers and Indomitian Sue back then just to like see what a press conference was like and see like how do you interview an athlete. Uh, then I went to Louisville, Kentucky after two years in Nebraska. I was there for three and a half years. And the Seinfeld stuff happened because I couldn't get an agent. I couldn't get another job. And I just got bored. And my friends would be like, hey, say happy birthday to Tiffany on the newscast. And so I'd be doing like Saints highlights and I'd be like, Drew Brees, drop back and happy birthday, Tiffany, touchdown. <laughs> and they would, they would send me videos of them cracking up. And I was like, 
what if I do other references? What if I do wrestling? What if I do Seinfeld? Hello, Newman. You know, it's undeniable Rick Pitino is the most influential man in the history of basketball in the bluegrass. His 96 Kentucky team, dominant like the Moops. His most recent cards, captivating like a red dot on a cashmere sweater. The Hall of Fame did not ask Pitino. They simply said, take the pen. <laughs> and that was back when things actually really went viral on the internet and stayed there for like five, six days. And that's how you saw me for the first time. Uh, and that's how Bleacher Report saw me. And so they, they kind of called me up after turning me down originally. And that brought me to Turner and Bleacher Report about eight and a half years ago now. You know, it's so funny. Like Bleacher Report is like, I get all my news from Bleacher Report. We, and when we bought Bleacher Report a few years ago, I was like, why are we buying Bleacher Report? <laughs> and they're like, it's going to be big, Chuck. And now... I check it every couple of hours. I refresh it. it, it you know, and the thing I love about it, uh, I follow up Auburn football mm. and Auburn basketball. That's the only two things I follow. I get breaking and trending. Yeah. I love me some Bleacher Report. They do a fantastic job. I mean, like on a Tuesday, as I'm sure it is a Thursday for Ernie, you are reading so many newspaper headlines. You are scanning the NBA. And the last thing that I want to do is go on Twitter. And so the fact that I can get an alert from Bleacher Report that tells me, oh, Joel Embiid's going to be out tonight. Oh, add it to the notes. You know, it's that, that uh, being at that company for that long, the number one thing that gives me value is those alerts, those notifications. Because, man, the world goes quick. And I, I, I need someone to tap me on the shoulder and let me know what's going on. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's amazing how quickly, you know, every few minutes my phone is beeping. I mean, it's crazy. But let me ask you a couple of basketball questions. Okay. You know, because I did a bunch of press conferences the last yesterday. They're like, well, who's, who's, who's going to win the Eastern Conference? I says, um, I said, hey, man, Milwaukee, Philly, or Brooklyn, I would not be shocked if any one of those three teams won the Eastern Conference. And they said, what about the West? I said, I got zero idea. No idea. Zero, no idea. zero idea who's going to win the West. So what do you think? I think that there is a definite line of demarcation in the East between those three teams and everybody else. But of those three teams, like we have not, we've seen seven games out of Harden, Kyrie, and KD together. And they were great, but only seven. For the Sixers, you are relying on Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. And as a Sixers fan, I have to be honest, that's scary. And then for the, for the Bucks, there's a big part of me that goes, okay, they're 4-0 and against the Nets and the Sixers since April 2nd. But I want to take them. But if they lose, I'm going to go, oh, duh, it's the Bucks in the playoffs. <laughs> We've seen this so many times. So, like, I'm not confident in any of them. Yeah. And then in the Western Conference, the prevailing notion in my mind is everyone going, if LeBron and AD are there, it's the Lakers to lose. But we don't know. Like, I was hanging out with Wade the other night, and he goes, you know what this is with LeBron? He's finally getting those normal injuries that we all had to deal with our entire career, and he's just realizing, oh, this is a thing, and I'm going to have to deal with this. I'm going to have to play yeah. with a hurt angle. Um, but I, I think in the end, if I had to pick someone, I would probably go with the Nets just because when they're all healthy, it's the most talent in the NBA. Um, but this is a this is a great 
year to be in Chuck's world and bet some long shots and some upsets because this is the year, man, to take some of that plus money. Yeah, like Portland, so, Chuck. <laughs> you know, I, Ernie, let me tell you something. I, that team is scary to me. I mean, mm. when they when they play great, they're great. But when they play bad, they're awful. Whether whether they're playing good offensively or not, that defense is still uh, a big hangup. Yeah, yeah. But Adam just says I'm interested. Uh, if if LeBron and AD are not healthy, and listen, the notion that they just gonna show up and win the championship, total bullshit. Total bullshit. First of all, they might be in the playing games, right? So, they, or, or or they might play the Clippers or the Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. The Jazz, I love what they're doing, but they still got to prove it in the playoffs. Is Utah the most complete team? Yeah, but they still got to prove it in the playoffs. I, I know they do. I know what they do. But going in, yeah, going in, that team offensively, defensively, off the bench, you got the sixth man of the year. You yes. got Gobert. You got Donovan Mitchell when he comes back. I mean, I, yeah. I just, I just think that that is a complete team, which is a very tough. Hey, we're going to beat, beat this team four times. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you something. They're, to me, they are the Milwaukee Bucks of the West. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're terrific. Oh, they lost again in the playoffs. Until they prove that they can win in the playoffs, it doesn't matter if they've had the best record in the West. But I got a question for you, Ernie. Yeah. Uh, Adam, do you get an MVP vote? No. Are you kidding me? No way. Well, Ernie gets one. Ooh. This is going to be. It's crazy. The first month that was probably LeBron. The second month, there was probably Embiid. Injuries are probably taking those two guys out of it. Harden had a run in there, too. No, he did. Yeah. Harden was MVP before he got hurt. Great point, Adam. Then, then everybody's talking about, well, Giannis is probably playing better than he's ever played. But, but you know, they're going to hold it against uh, Giannis. They're like, we're not going to vote him MVP three times and he don't get four in the playoffs. So they've kind of eliminated him. Then it's like, was well, Jokers to win? And then now people finally jumping on my Chris Paul bandwagon. But Ernie, it is crazy. What do you, Adam, number one, I want your opinion. But Ernie, you, I want your opinion also about this MVP thing. Yeah, well, I haven't, I haven't cast a ballot yet. But um, when you get those, you have to rank them like they ask for. Give us your MVP one through five, or one, or rookie of the year one through three, or the coach of the year one. You know all that. So, um, and I always wait. And wait, uh, you know, I kind of work on it, and then it, then I kind of change things around. But, but I, I would go Jokic at this point, I believe. Um, and I think, and I think what he's he's been able to do with, you know, his running mate Jamal Murray out has been impressive too, and all the triple doubles and playing in every game, um, and just doing, you know, doing it all offensively. Not a great, you know, he's not a a great defensive player, but he, you know, Denver runs everything through him, and he's, and they're having a great year. So mm. I, I guess that would be it. I think my biggest, my biggest struggle is they're going to be like uh, when you name the all NBA team. Mm. I mean, that's where it's like, okay, is LeBron all NBA? Is no, Le, is LeBron all NBA first team? No, mm. but you'd, you'd say, Hey, you know, he's the best player in the game, but, you but he's to, not all in. I know yeah. that's what I'm saying. You've got, there's so many things to weigh, you know? So, so where's he in that? You got Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. Okay, so you got to have three front court players. So yeah, so there's 
You, you can't put LeBron in there. And who, and who are your backcourt guys? Okay, Steph Curry. And the who way else? Westbrook's playing, like where do you put West, Westbrook? Exactly. In it's it's very interesting. But I got a question for you, Ernie. You named all those guys. Yeah. Julius Randle. Mm. Yeah. I mean. He's, he's on one of those three uh, all-NBA teams. It has to be. He, oh, no question. But I'm talking about we got to figure out how how does he go. Wow. Can you put him in there with Embiid, no. Jokic, and Anadokounmpo? He is not a first-team All-NBA this year. No, but he's, he's not a top five MVP vote getter. He, oh my goodness, uh, whew, I don't know. Joker, okay, Embiid, okay, like those two, okay. Chris Paul, okay. You're gonna put him over Curry? No. Yeah, uh, man. No, it's, it's, come now, on. wait a minute. You got to reward winning. We had this argument all the time. Listen, what Steph Curry's doing is incredible. But they're the number 10 seed, Adam, sure. in a fake playoff game. In a fake in the play- West. A, no, in, in the a, West. In, in a fake playoff situation. Don't forget that. Where's Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal is not uh I'm gonna put Is he all NBA? I mean, somewhere first, second, or third team all NBA. Could be the leading scorer in the NBA, Chuck. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think Bradley Beal is there, but I'm just telling so you. So we're not putting KD in this, we're not putting Harden in this. No, like what? No. They, you you penalize those guys for missing games. They're winning. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but those guys aren't playing. Oh, so hey, you know, hey, hey, hey Adam, well played. <laughs> hey Adam, we had this argument on the show. I penalize guys. What about for, Booker? Uh, I love Booker, but I'm saying I'm penalizing those guys to answer your first part of your question. I'm penalizing those guys for injuries, Harding and KD. I, so I think it's also tough when you start going, oh wow, Lucas had another great year, and I don't know where to put Luca in all of this too, because his stats are gonna look great, you know. But yeah, but let me tell you something. You know what my dream come true is? What? I'm afraid to I'm afraid yeah, to get the donuts. Answer. What do we got? Uh let me listen. <laughs> first of all, Spike Lee, Spike Lee, who I love to been blowing up my phone. He's been killing me. He's so excited about the Knicks. And it's oh, it yeah. is great for basketball. The Knicks are doing great. But I was looking at the standings and it's changed in the last couple of days. How about Brooklyn against New York oh. in the oh. second round of the playoffs? How good would that be? It would be special. I mean, that would be so special. Especially because uh, what I've always loved from Knicks fans is they've always said, even when they stunk and here come the Nets, if you win, you're never marching down the avenue of heroes, the avenue of, you're never going to be New York's champion. And if the Nets have to go through the Knicks, the Knicks, whoever they face in that second round, if they get through the first, you have to imagine it's going seven. And you have to imagine they are banging them up and getting them tired for that next. Like I, a Knicks net series would be special, man. Special. Oh, it, would be, it would be so much great television. Oof. And listen, this notion that the, 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 the KD and James are just going to show up and everything's going to be great. We're talking like two weeks away. And let me tell you something. And I said this on the show a couple weeks ago. Nobody wants to see Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal in a seven-game series. Man, I'm tired of people beating on Russell Westbrook, man. I don't think anyone's beating on Russell. I think I think oh, no, 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 no. No, they've been, they've been really the hard on him. Turned. It should have turned a long time ago, Adam. First of all, we all want to win the championship. We all want to win the championship. And Russell Westbrook may never win a championship. But for a man to go out there and give 110% every single night, Every single night. We don't even appreciate that anymore. Well, because I, I saw some of the bad things people were saying a month ago when he had a monster triple-double. Now they're like, 
oh man, we got to start giving this guy respect. I said, we should have been giving him respect a long time ago. Hey, hey, Chuckster, I actually looked at the metrics the other day, and uh, in his last game, when he had a triple-double, he actually gave 112%. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, you and your analytical guys. <laughs> you know, the guys who are running the NBA, these analytical guys. Hey, hey you know, Adam, these, uh, you know, all these analytical guys, these guys who own NBA teams who want to get a son-in-law a job. So they made up a term called analytics. <laughs> Do you have good analytics? Like when we look back at your career, does the analytics say that you were better than you actually were? Actually, believe it or not, yes. But So then why do you hate analytics? How do you know that? Somebody tell you the analytics say that? No, no, no. Because I won an NBA award like five or six years in a row. And they, and they didn't call it analytics back then. They just added all the good and the bad together. And I actually won an award. The good and bad together award. Yeah, yeah. No, you I know, remember that. I remember the trophy presentation. It was very emotional. <laughs> is that plus minus? Was that what it was? Plus good and bad, plus minus? <laughs> yeah, they well they did a little That's thing. Not really I, I forget what I forget what the what the award was, but I won it like five or six years in a row when I was with the 76ers. And they're like, we do what you do good and just subtract what you do bad and give you this stupid trophy, which was stupid. So the Sixers gave you the trophy or the league gave no, you no, the trophy? No, no, no. The, the league gave me the trophy. Really? Ernie, isn't it weird that like Shaq, Chuck, they hate the play-in tournament, but they say things like you don't want to face Russell Westbrook in a one-game situation. Like how exciting is it going to be that Russell Westbrook is going to be playing in one game, you win or you go home? Like this is this is a dream. Steph Curry in a win or go home situation? Like this is going to be incredible. Yeah, but Adam, the, the only problem I have with the play-in stuff is the play-in teams – First of all, they're they're mediocre or bad teams first. Let's get that out the way. And they have to play the right to get to play the best team in basketball in East or West. So, yeah, that this, this playoff thing scenario is interesting for one game. But then you says, uh-oh, now we got to play the Utah Jazz or Brooklyn, Milwaukee, who's going to be the number one seed. Yeah. That's my only problem. Like, your reward is getting to get killed in the next, in the real playoff. You get a chance. Well, I know, but well, you, normally but, you wouldn't even be in. First of all, you don't have a chance. <laughs> when you're the seven, eight, nine, ten seed, you're not going to beat the number one seed. Uh, look, it, to me, it's just a, it's a nice little warm up for the playoffs. And somebody's going to get that winner go home feeling right away. And after all this time in the regular season, I'm ready for something like that. Yes. I'm ready for some finality. And and um, so let's just see what happens. I don't know if it's going to go past this, how it's going to go past this season, because it's a one-year, you know, they're looking at it. They did it last year in the bubble. They're doing it this year on a one-year basis. And then let's see if they tinker with it. Let's see if, you know, to me, if you're, if you're number seven, but you're up by five games over the eight team, you shouldn't have to play your way in. But if, if you're all bunched up, maybe there's a way you look at it and say, hey, look, if, if, if the teams that are within this of each other get in, maybe you do it that way, but, but we'll see. Hey, look, that's a lot of hoop talk. Let's talk about your impending marriage, oh. okay? Um, this, is, this is two weeks away? Yeah, I feel like we're like 15 days away now. <laughs> yeah. How involved are you in the planning, and are you ready to elope? Well, smartest thing I did, I have to whisper because she's in the other room. Smartest thing I did was her birthday was in January and I gave a very big gift and I, I normally don't go that big. And I said, I just want to give this to you because I love you and to thank you in advance 
for handling so much of the wedding in these next few months as I have to get ready for my job. Wow. And I, and I think it kind of worked uh, because I haven't been too involved. I, I, whenever I get asked a question, I say, yes, is my new thing. So it's like, what do you think about this? And I go, yeah, that sounds great. And then, cause she knows what she wants to do. And so she's going to do it anyway. But Ernie, I will say um, I had a chance. My wedding shower was this past weekend and I got a chance to see my grandmom for the first time in like two years. Wow. And I got to see my mom and then I got to see her mom with my mom. And it was, women are just a better species in general. And to be around those people and to see the joy on their faces, I was like, you know what? I haven't seen my people in a long time together. And so I'm, I'm very excited for that. Uh, in terms of paying these people, eloping sounds great. You know, that, that sounds really, really nice. But in terms of like seeing family together and the fact that, God bless it, that New York is changing all of the rules like three days before the wedding to like, hey, you guys can actually come together now. You didn't have to be in your zone. So we're, we're getting very lucky with that. But um, Ernie gave me the best advice. I haven't been able to use the line yet. Uh, no one's asked me how long we've been together. I can't wait to use it. <sighs> but I'm, I'm, I'm ready to cry like a baby. Yeah. I'm going to be a mess. I'm going to be like Chuck at his daughter's wedding. Hold on, I just threw up a... Can you just... Uh, repeat that little line that Ernie said. It's so good. Okay, so you're in a social setting. You got people milling, milling around, and and they and so Ernie, how long have you and Cheryl been married? And and I look at Cheryl Ann, and I look back at the person who asked the question, and I said, "Not long enough." I can't wait. I can't wait Goosebumps. to use it. Goosebumps for you, Chuckster. Yeah. Right? Goosebumps. Yeah. Okay. Chuckster. That was so cheesy. No, it's not. A, it works, man. Oh, I can't wait. It's like, oh, that was so nice what you said. Go play 18. Mm. Hey, I will. I might play 36. Thanks. <laughs> no, but it, it, what's been funny is every Tuesday I come in and Shaq goes, hey, how long until the wedding? And I go, oh, 28 days. And then he looks over at Wade almost every time and he goes, hey, Wade, isn't it crazy? This dude's like really excited to get married. Man, that's nuts. <laughs> like he's always like blown away that I'm like super excited to get married. It's very funny. Oh, that is hilarious. Do you guys have any advice for me for the day? Just enjoy it, brother. It's, it's, her, okay. it's her special day. Well, it's a special day for everybody. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it, it, but it's it, you know, for the bride. Yeah. It was like my daughter. Don't do anything to screw up her special day. I just wanted, yeah, I just like, I wanted this to, this to be the best day in her life. Mm. You know, I, I tried as hard as I could to just, it, 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 she was so excited for it. And I obviously, I know your wife is also. Just, man, this makes sure it's perfect for her. Because, I mean, because women take these things way more serious than us dudes do. <laughs> so I am going to be lifted up in the chair. We are doing the horror. Yeah. Chuck, any advice for balance? Uh, who brother, to pick? Listen, we're like boxers, brother. We're in different weight classes, so you're going to be all right. Is your wedding indoor or outdoor? Uh, the wedding itself is going to be outdoor, yeah. I just hope you get perfect weather. Man, I do too. So I have, I have Ernie's amazing book on Audible, and I re-listened to the part where he was talking about him and his son getting married and, and the fact that you or you had the same experience with your father with the best man and and given that mug and and all that and i just i 
I can't wait to see my pops cry because I know it's going to happen. Yeah. That, that's the thing. I'm, I'm a sap when I see it impact other people. Oh, yeah. And so when I see my mom and my dad, that's going to be the, like, that's going to make me cry. Because you realize, like, it's an entire family thing. Like, this is, and I'm also, like, the oldest of all of the cousins on both sides of my family. So it's all going to be these young people. And I'm one of the first ones. My brother got married already, but I can't wait to see the emotions, man. I'm a sad. So let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Is Ernie just as boring in person uh, as, as he is in audio I'm just yeah. asking. No, uh, I think actually he has little moments where I feel like he adds some the stuff that wasn't actually in the book or like, he'll be like, like the way that he reads it. I'm like, man, I feel like he's right there. He's good. Chuck, I'm, I'm going to oh. be your audio book. Uh, while it would be a picture book uh, would be a little <laughs> bit tough, but Ernie's is great. I was, it was, uh, I read that thing word for word just as I wrote it. And it was, but it was tough. Oh, so natural. It was tough because um, even though I had written every word, it was like, man, when you're saying this into the mic and there were times we kind of had to pause and I say, Hey, give me five minutes before I jump into this chapter. And, but the, what you're talking about with Eric, um, was really cool. Cause yeah, I had given my dad, my dad was my best man. And I had given him the mug that said my best man, my best friend. And it was always, it always sat on the mantle at, uh, at his house. And then, and then Eric kind of, you know, half hour before the ceremony with Quinn, he kind of motions to me, says, Hey, you got a second, pulls me into this room and Hey, I got you a little something. And man, I opened that thing and I, Oh, and here it is here. Here's his own version. And I take this mug out. It's got the same thing written on it. And it's like, no, that's, it doesn't get any better than that, Adam. Yeah. And that's the, those, those days when you get married or your kids get married, you know, you know, being my, you know, walking my daughter down the aisle. It, those are just, they're, they're priceless. Uh, they're mm. treasures. And so uh, it's going to be a treasure for you that day too, man. So I appreciate remember it. catalog every, every moment, keep saying yes and don't screw up her big day. Yeah. I'm going to be taking mental snapshots. <laughs> the entire, You're right. I just, my, my fear, cause it's, it'll be Jewish. So there's going to be a moment where I have to crush the glass and if I miss, oh man, did he, did Chuck, yes. did that, did yes. your son only nailed and the, it? And the rabbi was like, don't be afraid to stomp it. Cause it's hard to break apparently. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can you imagine yeah. I slip and fall? Oh, I can't do that. I don't need to be on Shackton for my wedding. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Adam Lefko, man, always good. Always good spending time with you, brother. It's uh, wonderful having you as a teammate, and and we wish you the best on the on the upcoming huge day in your life. Um, I know you'll do great. I appreciate you guys. You guys have been such good friends, uh, such good advisors, such good people to just have in my life. And uh, you know, I would say that I'm a, that I, I'm upset that I can't do the playoffs. Uh, but I can't wait to watch you guys because I still think that you guys are the best show on television. And and I'll be honest, it's going to be nice being off. <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you something. I ain't going to lie, uh, Adam, number one, congratulations again. And, man, thanks for being a teammate. I, I told somebody yesterday, man, I can – I said, yo, man, I, I'm excited for the playoffs for the probably the first time. Yes. For the first time in a long time. I mean, they're exciting every year. But, man, this year – it's going to be crazy watching. Yeah. I can't wait. I'll be watching every ahead. game, man. You guys are the best. We appreciate you. Thank you, brother. We welcome you back to the steam room. Ugh. 
see, I haven't even said anything. And then all of a sudden you, you have this exasperated sigh just because the legendary Tim Kylie has joined us. See, see, I, I could just smell legendary getting ready to come out. By the way, I must point out that the steam room is presented by T. Stowe, the official watch of the NBA, but you knew that. TK, we've missed you for the last couple of weeks. You look well-rested. You look... Wait, uh, I didn't miss him. By the way, TK is the legendary longtime coordinating producer, executive producer of Inside the NBA. That's what makes him a legend. That and the content he brings to the steam room when he's not on vacation. Vacation was great. <laughs> Chuck, I was uh, on the beach in Miami throwing footballs with Dan Marino. Oh. And then, um, and and then in LA, I sat two seats away from Olivia Munn, but I decided not to ask her about Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's probably not a good thing right now. Yeah, how you feeling about that, Chuck? It's just crazy to be honest with you, because the grass ain't always greener on the other side. Hold on, I'm gonna write that down. Hey, the grass is not always greener. I mean, hey, listen, the guy been in the NFC Championship the last two years, so it's not like they suck. MVP. But I don't understand, and we talked about this last week, I don't understand why these guys don't take less money to try to win. If you look at the last quarterbacks who all got paid and eat up all the money on their salary caps, the team is never any good anymore. I never understand why people don't take the Tom Brady approach and take less money so they can pay the other players. I'd rather make $30 million and win the Super Bowl like Tom every other year to make $35, $36 million and we can't pay other players. So, Because I'm going to make the other money up on the other end with endorsements and winning. I just, I just don't, got, I don't understand it. Well, Ernie, we got a new sport to pay attention to. The NHL. Seven-year deal, Chuck, of the NHL. Are you excited? Hey, did you see the Rangers caps last night? Man. 72 penalty minutes in the first four minutes. I flat out loved it. The league dropped the ball, and the players have to enforce the rules. You know, the NBA won't let us do that anymore. I've always believed the players should be able to enforce the rules if the league is not going to do their job. Hey, I'm all for it. Go hockey. I cannot wait for us to start broadcasting games. I cannot wait. You know, I've been wanting to go to the Winter Classic for the last X amount of years. That is a great event. Hey, think about this, man. The Turner family going to have the Stanley Cup Finals. Three of them. I cannot wait. Well, you know what this brings us to, EJ. It's time for a quiz. Have at it. We're going to test Chuck's hockey knowledge. All right, Chuck? He's got a lot of hockey knowledge. I know. Are you ready? Yes. Let's see how many of these questions you can answer in 60 seconds. Let's go, brother. All right. Ready, set, T-so. In football, you put on a jersey. In hockey, you put on a... Oh, man. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, I know the name. You've probably this. worn one in, in cold weather. Uh, darn it. I, get, I have a, a sweater. There you go. In baseball, you play for a team. In hockey, you play for a... Club. Organization. Organization, eh? All right, in hoops, you fake a defender to score. What's a fake called in hockey? A deke. Yep. Yes, Chuck is rolling. What was an original puck made of when they first started playing hockey? I'm going to just guess wood. A frozen cow patty. Are you serious? <laughs> That's hilarious. 
All right, last one, Chuck, since we've talked about your suspensions and all that sort of stuff. What is a sin bin? Is that the penalty box? Oh, man, is he killing it? That was right in his wheelhouse right there. Very well done. Ernie, I'll stand down. I have to bow down to this guy. If he actually breaks 80 in golf, it's all over. Oh, hey, I'm knocking on the door, brother. It's a gentle knock. It's a gentle knock right now. I'm happy. Hey, look, I'm happy to see it. I'm happy. I'm happy to see Chuck's golf game return. He loves the game that much. That's awesome. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be drawn into all this trash talk and all this stuff. Come on, <laughs> the man. guy, the, the guy who talked more trash than hey. anybody else is not gonna be drawn into trash talk. No, I know. I'm not gonna be drawn into this. And you're, you know. All you you keep talking about NBA teams saying, yeah, 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 but I haven't seen them do it in the playoffs. Let's see you do it on the golf course. Let's see you do it when the Black Masters, when the Black Masters is underway and that sun is beaten down and your mind starts to wander and you start thinking about ribs. (laughs) There's a lot of factors that go into that. Okay. Uh, turn a, right, turn hey, an eighty-two hey, into hey. a into a light one hundred and seven, as <laughs> as Rick Riley would write. Rick Riley wrote a couple of great golf books, and one of them says, hey, "The guy would routinely go out and put up a radio station, shoot light one hundred and seven point three." Ernie, I'm not going to be shooting a hundred ever again. Let's get that out the way. Oh, that's a big talk. Now, the only the only triple digits going to be at the weather in Phoenix, brother. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be. It's 75 to 85. Okay, great. TK? Ernie, I thought I cooked up a good quiz, and he murdered it. Hit it out of the park. He did. It's tremendous. Very impressive, as is every appearance you make uh, on the steam room. Oh, thank you very much. Sure, legend. <laughs> See you next week, Ernie. Later, brother. See ya. Back to wrap it up in just a second. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Come and join us in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Leave your towel on in steam room. We are back in the steam room. It's time for Chuck's answering machine, which, uh, again, if you're just tuning in for the first time, it's how we finish the show. Uh, It's kind of an old school way uh, for us to keep in touch with uh, the loyal steamers out there and always enjoy the... uh, the wide uh, range of topics and questions we get from listeners. So keep them coming and, and memorize this number, 404-987-0330, 404-987-0330. I don't know why I would say 404 and not 404. Why is it? Do you, what, do you prefer saying zero or O when you're doing numbers? That's a, that's a great question why you would... No, it's really not that great a question. It's a very stupid question. I don't even know why I did it, but give me the first call. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Hey, Chuck and Annie. This is Bones from South Africa. just want to say I'm your hugest fan in South Africa. I love the steam room. I love NBA on TNT. I got you guys' podcast when it started, and I've been following it every week, and it's just such a pleasant thing to listen to on my drive to work every day. My mother passed away in March this year, and she didn't really care much about the NBA, but she always sat and listened whenever I listened to the podcast and just wanted to say you guys really touched her heart. She passed away due to cancer at a very young age, and the impact that you guys made in her life made her try and understand basketball more, and I just want to say thank you for that. Wow. That's unbelievable. 
man, it's just, it, it, it's hard for me to, to wrap my head around that and to, and to, uh, and to even think that, look, we you know, we get together and do this, it's crazy, this silly thing for an hour, an hour and a half every Thursday. And it's gratifying to hear it's gratifying and it's heartbreaking to hear calls like that. Yeah. Shoot. We're just trying to throw some stuff out there that maybe takes you away for a little while. It's kind of like our NBA show. It's like, you know, real life has enough stuff going on in it. Maybe you can escape for a few hours by watching that show, or maybe, you know, like the drive to work for him. And it's like, it gives you something else to think about, or maybe to laugh about or laugh at us, you know, whatever, whatever that does. But man, these stories are powerful and they're poignant to get a phone call like that. It just is heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time. Right. Right. I mean, this dude is in South Africa. We had a call last week that was pretty amazing from uh, member Emily Veach and look, M is joining us. Wow. This is tremendous. M, thank you so much. Uh, we were both kind of blown away last week when we heard your call, and we are obviously grateful that that you joined the show, and we are, you know, humbled by what you had to say about it. And your story is, your story is pretty pretty amazing. Why don't you tell the folks who are listening what you've been through in your life as somebody who has uh, battled cancer, battles cancer, and uh, kind of I think rings the most out of every day that anybody can do. Hey, thank you so much. I'm honored and thrilled to be here with you guys. I don't know how long we have, but I'm happy to tell you guys a bit about my story. We got time. Yes, we do. (laughs) Thank you so much. Where to begin? I have been living now with what we call metastatic breast cancer for four years. And that's basically just breast cancer that spreads beyond that initial organ into my bones. So it was just a very traumatic, very difficult experience something that you don't expect, of course. And now I'm happy to say that, um, sorry, happy to say I've been stable on my treatment for more than three years. So, you know, it's still hard. It's still stressful. I still have to go into the hospital and all that stuff. You know, it's really hard to make these amazing new friends through cancer and then see them get sicker. Mm. But you know, like you said, I'm just trying to enjoy every day. We're all just trying to make the best life we can. Where do you live? I live in Illinois, Southern Illinois. And how old are you? I'm 39. And so you've been battling this for three years? Yeah, almost four years now. And are you married? Yeah, I'm married. And my husband lives in New York. It's been the best thing for our marriage. Well, well, I can see you got a great sense of humor. You got my man McLovin on your T-shirt. That's right. Tell me about this. Look, when you're, um, I've got my mom and my sister, both breast cancer survivors. Um, I've had a couple of bouts with a couple of different kinds. And I know when you're going through this at the time, the country's going through too with the, with the pandemic and and how that alters you know, hospital visits and doctor's appointments and all that stuff. And in the midst of this, you take this kind of a, this cross country trip. Tell me how that entered into it and tell me how you've continued to battle this uh, during a pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic has really changed a lot of things for a lot of people. And I remember when it first started noticing people just acting a little differently in public, you know, we didn't really know what was going on. There was just so much uncertainty And I I had a moment where I thought, wow, I've been living with this uncertainty for years now. And it felt like 
other people were starting to get a, a better sense of, you know, what people like me and other people dealing with serious, sometimes chronic illness are going through. And at the time I was living out in California and decided just because of the way cancer goes, it'd probably be good to have a little more family support. So, you know, I was making these plans to move back to the Midwest. I grew up in Indiana and pandemic started to, to really kick off. And I thought, wow, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to travel soon or all the state's going to close down. So just felt like the time was, was perfect to put all my stuff in a big car and make a bunch of plans to, to get myself back home. How long did that trip take? It took me five days. And you were just kind of like, I'll stop here. I'll stop there. It was just, it, it just seemed from reading an account of it, that it was like, you're just going to take every day as it comes and, and make your decisions as you go. Yeah, there was, there was quite a bit of organization beforehand. I knew that I didn't want to take any risks to my health to keep myself safe. Um, probably the hardest part of the trip was telling people, no, I, I don't want to come into your house. I don't want to eat dinner with you. Um, you know, I have to stay outside and I, I need to protect myself. I had all my own food and water. So it was, it was quite a logistical trip, but I have some amazing friends that I've made, you know, over the years who let me sleep. You know, I slept in one guy's horse barn. That was probably my favorite. Got down to 20 degrees that night and it was beautiful. Hold it. With all the organization and all the planning, that was the plan? That was the plan. <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> so you feel great physically right now? I have my moments. Treatment can be really tough sometimes, but, um, you know, I'm able to, for the most part, do what I want to do. You know, I've read people going through stuff like you. So that you have like, okay, I'm going to cry this day. And then, and then after that, I'm only going to be positive. Did you go through any of that type of thing like that? You know, um, I know what you're talking about. You know, some people say, you know, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to cry. I'm going to get it all out. And then be done with it. You know, I try to do that sometimes, but the more I've been living with this, the more I think, you know, just let yourself feel how you're going to feel. You know, sometimes you may get a good scan result and you still don't feel good. So you don't want to go judging yourself for, for not feeling a certain way. So no, I just try to give myself, you know, give myself a break. You know, I've got enough on my plate to, to deal with. Do you have to lecture your family and friends about, listen, I need you to treat me normal and don't treat me like, a, uh, like I'm in bubble wrap <laughs> all the time? They do a pretty good job of, of treating me like, like their little sister anyway. So the thing that I feel like a lot of people don't understand is just treatment just keeps going. There's no cure. That's the hardest part is that you never really know if your next scan is going to be good news or bad news. And that can, that can be the hardest for people to understand. Because, I mean, I, if you'd seen me a few years ago, you'd say, wow, she looks sick. She's on chemo. It's a big difference from then until now. You know, and a couple of months ago, I talked to Robin Roberts. We were doing an event for uh, MD Anderson. And, and we talked about the fact that when you are in that club, what you get are opportunities and almost a responsibility to help the next person through it. And I found that to be so true with you know, I've gotten so many calls right out of the blue from folks who I don't know who just say, hey, look, I got a buddy of mine who's about to start non-Hodgkin's lymphoma treatment. And I know you've been down that road. So would you, and yeah, so you just call them and you, and you say, hey, look, 
you know, here's the way it went with me. Uh, here's the kind of treatment I had. You know, here's what somebody told me once. You may have cancer, but it doesn't have you. So don't let that, you know, don't let it take away who you are, which obviously it hasn't uh, just from looking at you and talking to you. Uh, but have you found that to be true too? the opportunity and the responsibility to kind of say, look, nobody wants to be here, but here's what I can do to try to help you. I have Ernie. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, when you, when you do that, when you're able to do that, it, it even helps you, Yeah. you know, when you put yourself out there, be vulnerable with somebody else, you know, you don't know how you're going to affect them or, you know, have kind of that ripple effect out into the world. So for sure, that's definitely gives me a lot of motivation, a lot of encouragement when I'm able to help people who are going through that really, really hard time right at first, especially. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, um, what a pleasure. What an honor to have you on the show. Um, it's been really great uh, to put to put a face with a voice uh, to a week ago, having heard your phone call and and to, to this week, having a chance to just kind of connect this way. And you stay strong and you stay the light that you are right now because you're glowing and the world sees it. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys. Uh, and I just want to say something too. You know, when we started this stupid podcast, we had no idea what it was going to be. And when we get calls like yours and now getting to put a face to the voice, I just want you to know your call meant a lot. Talking to you face to face uh, on, on this means a lot. And uh, thanks for being a, a law steamer. Thank you, guys. It's been our pleasure having you on. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. And uh, Chuckster, let me just say this as we close this out. You know, maybe this podcast isn't that stupid after all. It's not, bro. I'm glad, I'm glad we're doing it. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us. M, you're the best. See you.